to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. If you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 7 we'll be looking at today. I organise myself. Um, so this is a, this is a powerful uh, letter that Paul writes to, uh, to Timothy. Um, his, the, the context, it's important to understand the context of this because uh, Timothy, he's in Ephesus. He's running a few house churches. Uh, churches were in houses back then, if you didn't know. And, um, and he, he's struggling a bit in his, in his giftings, in his assignment. He's feeling a, a, a bit of resistance. Um, and so Paul gets word of this. Uh, the great apostle Paul. Uh, think of Paul. This is the great man. He's in prison in Rome. And uh, Paul feels that uh, he's nearing the end of his time on earth. Uh, we know from history, unfortunately for Paul, he was either beheaded or crucified in uh, 65 AD by the Emperor Nero. So, so you could imagine this is a great apostle Paul. Uh, his spiritual son, Timothy, he loves Timothy with all his, all his heart. And, and he hears Timothy struggling, and he knows he'll probably never see Timothy again. And so this letter, Paul is pouring out his wisdom to Timothy on, on how Timothy is to continue in his assignment, how Timothy is to, to operate in his giftings and his anointing. But this letter is packed full of, of, of how Timothy is to steward the gifts upon his life. And we get this concept of, uh, of stewardship uh, the, the Greek word for stewardship is oikonomos, and, and it literally just means to manage and to dispense. So if you, think of, um, if you think of money, you can think we steward money for God. We don't own money because if we own money, then we hold it up. We don't tend to release it very well if we have a mindset of ownership. And so stewardship is the mindset of managing and releasing. You're managing and releasing, okay? So when I, mention, when I continue mentioning stewardship, that's what you're thinking about, all right? And so in the age we're in, we're, we're in this time, uh, in the last days, the same as Timothy. We're, all, we're in this age from Christ's ascension. So see, Jesus went to heaven, did he not? And Christ's bodily return. So unless I've missed something, he hasn't returned yet, right? And so we're in this age of his ascension to his return. It's the last days. And Matthew 25 explains this, that there's, there's a parable where, where the master, he... Um, he leaves talents for his servants, right? And so he, the, the whole point of the parable is that it, the, the talents are a picture of giftings and anointings upon our life that God gives us, and he expects us to increase them. God expects us to do something with the gifts upon our life. I often say that if, if he didn't, well, then you get saved and bang, you get raptured straight to heaven. What's the point of us still living on earth the point is, is that we have a, a gifting and an assignment, anointing upon our life to fulfill for God, right? And so there's this concept of stewardship that I want to look at today. Uh, we all have gifts upon our life. I'm not going to go through all the gifts of the Spirit, uh, but they relate to, to the Holy Spirit's anointing upon your life. So if you think of your own abilities, uh, your own passions, and relate them to the seven mountains of society. So we've got arts, media, education, uh, politics, all that. We're, we're all gifted in certain areas to, to usher in God's kingdom in that area. Do we get that? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. That's good. 
And so we're going to look uh, at this scripture is very parabolic, but it gives us keys on how to effectively steward God's gifts upon your life. So let's look at, we're in 2 Timothy. Uh, we'll start in chapter 1, uh, sorry, chapter 2, and we'll skip over to uh, verse 1 then to verse 3. So you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 3, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. It's an interesting scripture, isn't it? So Paul's saying to Timothy, mate, if you want to uh, steward these gifts upon your life, you have to be like a soldier who serves. Uh, if, you, if you think of a, of a soldier, maybe you won't preach the gospel this way when you got saved, but, uh, but it's a picture of every believer. When we get saved, we're, we're enlisted into God's army, amen? It's, it's like we're, you may not know that, but we're all called to, to serve God. The, the Greek word for ministry is diakonos, and it literally means serve. It means to serve. So, so it's not just the people up here preaching, not your paid ministers, not your, your missionaries. Like, it's all great, but we're all called to ministry. Everyone is called to ministry. You're called to serve God through your personal giftings and anointings, right? And so there's this concept that, that Paul is bringing across to Timothy that it, if you want to be effective in stewarding these gifts, you have to learn to serve. And that's the first key, is that it's servanthood. We have to learn to serve God and serve others. That's the whole point of your spiritual gifts. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you, everyone, everyone in here, should use whatever gifts you have received from God to serve each other as faithful stewards of God's graces in its various forms. So, so the giftings, that it, it comes from the Greek word charisma, which is the, the charis is the root word for grace. So it's graces upon your life. It's specific graces that God's give you, God gives you. And the whole purpose of them is to serve one another. It's to serve God and serve one another. If, you're not, if, you, if you don't serve through your giftings, well, then you're not using them. This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. And so we've got this concept of servanthood where we have to learn to serve through our giftings and and Jesus modeled this perfectly. Um, who knows that we're called to imitate Christ, right? Unfortunately, uh, Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve. So that means we have to serve. We have to, what, what he's serving is putting other people's needs first. If you want to serve God, you have to put his needs first. You have to come underneath. And so the whole purpose of your spiritual gifts is you're serving people. You're, you're, you're coming underneath and it's like you're lifting them up. So you're raising other people up, right? And so Jesus, you know, Philippians chapter 2, he didn't consider his, his godliness, his, uh, his status as God as something to be held onto, to be grasped onto, but he lowered himself, lowered himself to the point of a servant, or in the Greek, it's actually slave. So not many people know this, but Jesus became a slave for humanity on the cross. And so we're called to have that same mindset with each other in the church, outside of the church, it's about building a heart of servanthood. God, what's on your mind? What, what, uh, so practically, how does that look? What's on your mind, God? When, when you go throughout your day, um, what, what do you want me to do with these gifts that you placed upon my life? What, what needs do I need to meet for other people? Well, whatever gift is, you know, 
prophecy, uh, words of knowledge, gifts of service, gifts of uh, wisdom, all these things. I'm not going to go through them because I believe that we're mature enough to have a look at ourselves. Amen? But, but this is what it's about. And so, um, and so we've got this concept of servanthood where we're called to serve. Uh, inside the church, the church is incredibly important. Uh, serving is not just about building each other up, but what do soldiers do when they want to go to battle, right? They, they train. They, they go to like military camp. They, go, they learn how to use a gun. They learn how to, they learn how to go through all the tactics, the drills. They learn, how to, uh, they learn how to come underneath leaders. They learn how to do all these things. And it's, it's a picture for us of the church. The church is your spiritual boot camp. It is. The church is where you learn to grow in your giftings. You, you come underneath people. Um, it doesn't matter if you're not, if you're not serving in, a, in your particular gifting or area, but there's something about service where it's like you're coming underneath leadership and there's anointing upon that where you learn to serve God's way. Um, and that's important that we learn that, that it can be in many different facets, um, you know, many different roles, but we learn to serve both inside and outside. It's about the heart of a servant. And there's some keys in this passage uh, and it'd be amiss of me not just to point them out quickly on, on how do we build that servanthood in our lives. Uh, so Paul talks about joining with him in suffering. And then he says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Um, so if you think about the, the suffering and getting entangled in civilian affairs, our commanding officer is God, so we look to please him. Um, this is about the world system. If you think of, uh, do, we, do we know what I mean by the world system? It's, the Bible talks about it as Babylon. So the world system is it's a system of operating, of living without God. So God's not in the picture. Uh, and, and we can see that in today's world. It's the world system, right? And so Paul is saying, uh, Timothy, you've got to, there has to be a separation from you and the world system. We're in the world, but we're not meant to live like the world. See, what is the... The world teaches everything other than servanthood. So, so if you grow up in the world, uh, immediately you're taught to be selfish. You're taught about your own needs. It's all about me. Uh, it's all about materialism, getting things for me. Now, having stuff's fine, but it's, it's, all, it's also consumerism. It's, it's all about me, my needs. Um, you know, if, you, if you're taught to serve, you serve with an agenda, right? You, you serve to, to, uh, to kick up. You, you serve, you use people to get on top of them. Or you run your business and you, and you cheat, you lie, you, you, you want to um, get, do, do whatever you can to get on top. That's the world system, okay? And you can't live in the world system, you can't be living like that and serving God and serving others through your personal giftings and abilities. It's just not possible. And so Paul is saying to us, if you want to build that servanthood in your life, you, there, there actually has to be a mindset where you separate yourself from living that way. Uh, it's important. Yes, we're under grace. So, but Paul says, hey, just because we're under grace doesn't mean we sin so that grace abounds. No, it means that it means that empowers us to live a certain way. It empowers us to be able to separate ourselves from how the world operates and be able to serve God and serve others. And so this is important. And the suffering, that's pretty clear. A lot of us can suffer when we're not being selfish, can't we? The suffering is is you're learning to overcome your, your, your flesh, your natural desires. So who knows that sin can be pleasurable? Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. 
So that's the suffering. You're learning to overcome your natural mindset of the world system way of living. That's great. And so that's the first point. If, if you want to manage these gifts upon your life, whatever you, whatever you believe they are, whatever you can see within yourself, what other people have called out, is, is you, you have to learn to serve first. Servanthood is the foundation to kingdom living. And so let's move on. We're on to point two now. Uh, verse five. Similarly, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. I like this scripture because it's easy for me to understand because I'm an athlete. But um, Paul's saying to Timothy, if you want to be effective in what God's given you and your assignment in, in leading this church, uh, in operating the gifts of the Spirit, uh, you've got to be like an athlete. And, and you've got to compete according to the rules to get the victor's crown. Uh, what's the victor's crown? The victor's crown is you operating your assignment. It's fulfilling assignments for God. Uh, it's operating the gifts of the Spirit and the anointing of the Father. It's, uh, it's seeing results. That's the victor's crown. Overcoming things in your life, overcoming fear, intimidation, all these types of things. But that's the victor's crown, right? And so if we want to do that, who knows that you can be, for, for an athlete, you can be the greatest athlete. You can be the most talented, most gifted. But if you don't compete according to the rules, you, you're going to be disqualified. But this is important. So, so there's rules that we have to live by. There's rules with, with that, that God wants us to live by as, as, as stewards of his gifts, as, as sons and daughters of God on earth. We're beloved by God. He loves us with all his heart. And he's empowered us to be able to overcome um, the, the world system and live by different rules. The whole point of bringing heaven to earth is that you would know how heaven operates so you can bring it to earth. A lot of people say, well, I'll bring heaven to earth, but they've got no idea how it operates. And so this is what Paul is talking about. He's talking about the, 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 if you want to be effective in God's gifts on your life, you have to live a certain way. And this is the second key, is living according to kingdom principles. Living according to kingdom principles. You can call it laws, but if you don't like that term, rules, however you want to put it. Um, but this is incredibly important. You look at... Uh, you look at Joshua, right? He's going into the promised land and he has this, this huge assignment to lead a nation. Massive. And God says to him, what does he say? He says, Joshua, I want you to meditate upon this law day and night. I, I want you to get this into you. I want, I want you to be careful to do every single thing written in it. Then you will be successful and prosperous. And a lot of people have written this off because it's old covenant. But, but the principle still stands. God wanted Joshua to understand his covenant with him. This is about understanding the covenant. Joshua, understand my covenant with you. I want you to understand it as good as you can so you can lead my people and live a certain way. Then you will be successful and prosperous. Yes, we have unearned, undeserved blessing and favour, but we still have to live a certain way to be able to walk that out in our lives. And so uh, uh, God, God is saying to us that we, we need to live according to these kingdom principles. We need to understand that under the new covenant, there's still a way that God wants us to live. There's still a way. And, and so it's much like, um, if you think of kingdom laws, it's much like the law of gravity. So if you think of gravity, um, this drink bottle, I can't just ignore gravity, can I? Uh, it's, you know, I can throw it up like that, and it's going to come straight back down. Um, 
So if you think when you're growing up as a child, you, you could throw a drink bottle, say, say if I wanted to throw this, but I won't because it'll probably pour out water. Uh, you, you could throw a drink bottle, say you're throwing it to Jordan over here, and uh, the child would not do a good throw, would they? No, they wouldn't. But, but myself, I've learned, I've learned how to deal with physics, to deal with gravity, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, don't worry, mate, I'm not going to throw it, it's fine. <laughs> I can see you preparing yourself. <laughs> um, but I've learned how, so you have to learn how to live with gravity, right? You have to learn how to deal with that natural law. You can't ignore it. I can't ignore gravity. It's the same with these kingdom principles. We can't ignore them. You can't just ignore them. You actually have to tap into the principles. And so they're all in here. This is the word of God. This reveals who God is to me. This reveals who you are, who we are as God's people. And, uh, and this reveals how heaven operates, how, how his kingdom operates, how he wants us to live. Uh, and so I just wanted to quickly... I'll cover this really quick. Um, I just wanted to look at a few important principles that I believe are vital if you want to steward God's gifts effectively upon your life. These are ones that I've uh, kind of tapped into myself, that I've started catching on that these actually work. They actually work. They do. So you don't need to ignore these. They're good. They get results, um, which is good. Uh, so the first one, the first principle uh, is sowing and reaping. Is that not one of the most powerful principles of the kingdom? Uh, Galatians 6, 7. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man reaps, uh, whatever man sows, that he will also reap. If he sows to the Spirit, he will reap eternal life. If he sows to the flesh, he will reap corruption. So you're beloved by God. You're all sons and daughters. But if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption in your life. It's just giving the, the enemy a heyday. So, he's, so the whole point of this is that we, we sow to the Spirit. We sow to spiritual things, seeking first the kingdom. Uh, the second one is power of words. The words you speak, I was, I was doing a teaching for our youth the other week, and the words you speak are so powerful. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat of its fruits. Uh, Proverbs 18.21. So it, it, it gives us the principle that there's power in the words we speak. Uh, God, our Father, uh, Romans 4.17, he, he calls things into being that which are not. And so it would make sense as, uh, as his sons and daughters that there's power in, in what we say, wouldn't it? And so you've got to be careful what you're speaking over your own life, over your church, over your family, over the city, over the nation. Christians have to be incredibly careful. Um, I believe if every believer was uh, filling our nation with faith-filled words and the church, it would look a lot different. Um, and so... Also over yourself in terms of spiritual gifts. I see a lot of people saying, well, no, I can't do that. I don't have the faith for that. Or would I really be able to step out and do this? And, and, and I, I hear your heart, but, but be careful what you say. You've got to guard your mouth. Um, it's incredibly important. It's a big one. Uh, the next one is love. Love. Oh, love. Kingdom principle. It's the greatest command that we have under the new covenant to love God to love others, how will people know that we're followers of Jesus? Well, we love each other. So, so love is important. Uh, in the Greek, there is different forms of love. Uh, the, the love we're talking about here is agape love. You may have heard of it. 
but it's basically the love of Jesus, right? For God so agaped the world that he gave his only son. So agape love is like you're coming underneath, you're self-sacrificing. That's, a, that's agape love. You, you look, at, um, look at the spiritual gifts uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is talking to the church all about the unity, how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And then it is no coincidence that the very next chapter is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? Yeah? Which is your, your famous love chapter. And we've kind of, well, not ruined it, but disempowered it through, through getting bored over it because we say it every time at weddings. But um, <laughs> it's true. It's the go-to verse. But, but the, the whole point is Paul is saying it's agape love. So I can have faith to move mountains. You can have faith to raise the dead. You can have all these incredible giftings on your life and you can be using them. But if you don't have love, if you don't have agape love, then what are you? You're a clay and gone, Paul says. And so that's huge. Love is an important principle. And, and that's why it's so, important, it's so important that we get with the Father and we learn how to love properly. Is our motivation love? Am I using my spiritual gifts through love, through that motivation? Uh, so that one's important. Faith, I don't need, you know, clearly, uh, that's an important kingdom principle. It's our access point to our spiritual supply. Um, we don't need to go into that too much for the sake of time. Faithfulness, this one's really important. A lot of people don't know what faithfulness is. It is different to faith. It's similar, but faithfulness is different. Uh, it's literally like the, um, the fullness of faith. I, I call it loyalty to faith. That's how I see it. So faithfulness is like, it's a loyalty to faith. It's perseverance in the faith. See, Jesus said in, uh, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, whoever can be trusted with little or whoever can be faithful with little will be trusted with more, right? And so that's the principle of faithfulness is that, is that you, um, whatever God gives you that's small, the gifts on your life, we don't just say, well, that's nothing, God. Why don't you give me all this? No, no, God wants to see if you can be trusted with the little things, if you can be faithful with the little things on your life, the little giftings, it, it all starts small in the kingdom and then it increases. So this is faithfulness. Uh, what does that look like practically? According to your gifts, it looks like getting into the word, understanding what your gift is. It looks like getting with God, learning to operate in that gift, stepping out in faith. That's what faithfulness looks like. Uh, that's a really important one. I see a lot of people, they miss out on breakthroughs. And this is serious. They miss out on breakthroughs and the blessings of the Father because they give up. They give up. They're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll operate in this faith thing maybe uh, for six months, a year. I'll just do it for a year. And then after a year, they don't see much. And so they're like, oh, no, nah, oh, that's it. That's not how the kingdom works. It's faithfulness. Don't miss out on your breakthrough because you're just thinking, well, it hasn't worked for me, so I'm just going to stop. It's not how the kingdom works. Faithfulness is incredibly important. And then we've got uh, giving. Giving it clearly is, is an important one. Freely we have received and freely we give. Uh, that's the principle of giving is that we're blessed to be a blessing. You can, you know, a million worship songs have been written about that. But, you know, if you don't give, how can I operate my spiritual giftings if I'm not a giver? Because you're giving, you're meant to be giving to people. And so it's, it's the principle of giving. Um, and we don't give to get, but clearly the principle is give and it will be given to you. Which is the measure you use, the measure you will receive it. 
And so giving is important. And the last one uh, I just want to quickly touch on, and I believe that this is probably on top of the tree for kingdom principles, kingdom living. And the last one is honour. Um, it's, it's abused in our society. People don't grow up understanding honour and, and the church as a, as a whole hasn't done very well in honour. Uh, but honour is so important in the kingdom and I've learned that. Uh, honour is placing value or worth on someone. So if you think whenever we say honour, we honour you, we honour you, it's I'm placing value and worth on you. Placing value and worth. So if you think of Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, or as I was teaching our youth, it's actually the Ten Words, it says. Uh, what, what's it all about? Don't put any other gods before me, God says. Don't put any before my face. Um, you know, don't worship any other gods. So that's about honouring God. Honouring God. And then what's the next part? It's all about honour your mother and father. Honour... Um, Oh, don't, don't murder. Don't steal. Why? Because, because if you murder, what are you doing? You're taking life. You're not honouring that person. If you steal, you're not honouring who that person is. You're not placing value or worth on them. And so, you know, people get this mixed up because we connect honour with love. And so they think, well, this person's done me wrong. And so I don't love them, so I'm not going to honour them. Honour has little to do with love. You can easily honour someone without loving them because it's placing value and worth upon their life. And so honour is so important. Where was the place where Jesus couldn't perform all these incredible miracles? In his hometown, where he wasn't honoured. So that we understand that when you place value and worth on someone, you, 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 you're honouring them and you position yourself to receive from their giftings and their abilities. And that's why honour is so important within the church because you come under people who are ahead of you in spiritual gifts. You come under leadership, pastors, teachers, uh, anyone that you see is operating these gifts, you come under them and you actually position yourself to receive. If you don't do that, then you ain't going to be able to receive from them. And you can have the person next to you who's go going from glory to glory, getting increased in their giftings, and you're like, well, why are they increasing and I'm not? Well, are you honouring? That's the whole point of honour. That's incredibly important. These principles... They fast-track you in the kingdom. They really do. Uh, I've learned that as, as, and it can be difficult, but I've learned that as I've grabbed a hold of these and persevered in them, that, that it's, it's a fast-tracking. It's like all of, a sudden, all of a sudden the things you thought, oh, that's ages away, God, I won't be able to do that. All of a sudden it's there because you're tapped into the principles. And so these, um, these kingdom principles are incredibly important. You can apply them to your whole, well, obviously you apply them to your whole life, but in terms of effectively stewarding God, God's gifts on your life, I think they're really, really, really vital. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when, when, we, when we look at honour, you know, I won't go into it for the sake of time, but there's three different levels of honour. You know, people created in God's image, so we honour them. Uh, then there's uh, people who have Christ in them. So you've got to be careful about what you say about other believers and things like that because they actually have God in them. The God is in them. So that's a dangerous thing when I dishonor them. And then Paul talks to Timothy about pastors, teachers, those who handle the world, runs the affairs of the church. Uh, they're worthy of double honor. Uh, so what does that look like? I'll, I'll let you guess, but you know, it's a lot of worth and value. Um, so it's important. So these kingdom principles, that's the, that's the second key, is that 
is that we, if we want to be effective in increasing the anointing on your life, the, the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to learn to live in these kingdom principles. You've got, you've got to learn to live a certain way, Paul is saying to Timothy. You know, you, I see you're struggling, so tap into these principles. Don't ignore them. Don't ignore them because they work. They work. Your life is for a purpose, and that's to serve God and, we, and, we, and to glorify Him. And, and, and we do that by living in these principles. We do that by living a certain way. We're on to the last point. Verse 6, The hardworking farmer, Paul says to Timothy, should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Um, this, is, this is really interesting. So Paul said to Timothy, You've, you've been this, you've been serving, right? So we've got this kingdom principle of, of serving, of, of serving this, this key to, of serving. And so you've been doing that. You're serving in your gifts and your abilities and you're growing in that. Um, then, then we start to live by these kingdom principles. So you start to tap into those. So, so Paul is saying you've been like a hardworking farmer, right? So you've been like a hardworking farmer. Um, you, you're developing a crop, so you deserve a share of the crop, he's saying. There's a crop that we produce, amen? We produce fruit in our lives, yeah? And so, so he's saying we, we should pre- you should be producing fruit through your spiritual gifts and your assignment. You should be, there's, God wants us to be flourishing. He wants, us on that, on that, he wants that on our lives more than we do. He desires for you to succeed more than you do. It's important that you understand that. And so what does the crop look like? If, if we're meant to produce fruit... Um, it, it looks like things. It looks like breakthrough. It looks like the promises of God in your life. Uh, the crop is your inheritance. It's seeing those around you affected by your giftings. It's seeing your family saved, not just one or two in your family. No, your whole family saved. It, it looks like um, it looks like you impacting nations. It looks like impacting the the seven mountains of society. This is the crop, right? This is this is the fruit that we're producing, and it says. A share goes to us. We deserve a share. So that means there's a share that goes to other people because they're transformed by our giftings and abilities. So there's meant to be a share that goes to others. And then we know that a share goes to God. We glorify the Father when we're ushering in the kingdom through our giftings and abilities. And so you've got this crop. But, but Paul says to Timothy, and this is really interesting and this is why I, I like to look at certain words in Scripture, because he says should, right? So we've been doing this. You've been living this certain way, Timothy. You should receive a share of the crop. Uh, I should. I, I know this because I'm not great at my English, but I've been studying Greek, and so I know that should is a subjunctive. It's a maybe, right? A subjunctive is a maybe. So uh, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. So Paul is saying you should get a share of the crop. So what does a farmer have to do if they want the crop? They have to protect it. They have to protect it. They have to look after it. If they want to harvest it, you have to protect it from animals, from you know, weather, from all this different stuff. And it's a picture of resistance in our lives. It's a picture of the enemy who comes, you know, d- demonic uh, powers. You know, there's a kingdom of darkness that comes along. As soon as you're saved, the enemy does not, he's like, well, they've got their ticket to heaven now. Uh, but now what can I do to stop them? Oh, no, I know. I'll stop them operating their giftings. I'll stop them operating their assignment so they won't be of any effect in the kingdom. They won't be of any effect in God's army if we don't operate in our giftings and abilities. And so 
And so Paul is saying to Timothy uh, that, that there's a level of protection that you have to have over your crop. And this is the third key. And I believe these all work together, these keys. You never get out of one. You stay in them all, right? Um, we never stop serving. We never stop living by kingdom principles. But the third key is operating in your authority, living in your authority that God has given you on earth. See, a lot of people, they miss out on the crop. They miss out on the fruit, producing fruit in their lives. They work hard in the kingdom. They're working hard. They're serving God. They're living God's way. They're, they're, they're increasing, but they miss out on the fruit because they, they, when, they, when resistance comes, when, when the enemy comes along and he brings things, negative experiences, trials, challenges, um, things like fear and intimidation, anxiety, all these certain things, he comes along because he wants to steal your crop, right? And, and people miss out because they don't rise up in their authority. Yeah. This is about authority is your power over the enemy. Authority is your, we, it's your power over the kingdom of darkness. So, you know, Luke 10, 19, I've given you all authority. All, all authority, trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Um, and so if we want to be effective stewards and get the crop right, you've got to operate in your authority. And people, we've been given all authority in Christ. Often people hear people say this, which is true. We have all authority in Christ Jesus. And then they're saying that, and then I look at the person's life, and it doesn't look like they're operating that authority. So yes, we've been given it all, but how do you live in that authority? And I would propose to you, and, and I know from Scripture and from my own experience, that authority comes out of the secret place. Uh, do we know the secret place is like our relationship with God? That's what Jesus called it. It's, what, it's when you spend time with God. Um, see, there's something about getting in the presence of the Father that you know, authority is all in our identity, right? So we're in Christ, so our authority is not our own, it's Christ, it's God's authority. So it, it would make sense that maybe if I want to operate my authority, I have to spend time with the one who gives it. I have to spend time with the one who has all authority, right? Um, you know, so what does that look like? It, it looks like spending time with God. It looks like praying. It looks like worshipping. Um, your authority flows out of your relationship with the Father. When you're with God your identity begins to be revealed. You begin to see who God is. And one of the big ones is you become, you become more conscious of God in your life. So you go throughout the day and you're conscious that one of the biggest revelations is that God's actually with you, Christ in you, right? And Jesus and Adam, uh, you look at Adam, the first man, he, he modeled this. He, he, was, he spent time in the garden. He was in his assignment, right? Taking dominion, that's what he was called to do. Multiply, take dominion. And every day he would spend time with God in the cool of the afternoon. And he would go out. And, and Jesus, he was the great model of this. He showed us perfectly how to pray and spend time with the Father. How, how, to, how to live in your authority and then go out during the day and actually, um, and actually operate and, live and, 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 and walk in the authority that he's given you. So this is important that we understand is that authority flows out of the secret place. If we want to be effective stewards, if I want to operate my giftings and anointings, I actually have to get with God so that he can, he, so I can learn to operate in that authority. And so, so, pra, so you think of practically, you know, you, you're with the Father, you, you're learning in your authority, 
And then resistance comes. You want to operate in your spiritual giftings. Um, so we want to produce a crop, produce fruit as an effective steward. Uh, maybe you've raised kids God's way and you've done, you've done fantastic in that and you've served and, 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 and you've lived godly lives like that. And then all of a sudden your kids start making the wrong choices and you think, oh Lord, what do I do? It's not a time to step back. A lot of people, they think, well, well I mean, they're, they're 19, 20, they're grown-ups now. I'm just going to step back and be timid. No, it's not a time to step back. See, that's a time to rise up in authority. Come on. It's a time where, see, everything starts from the spiritual. So it looks like getting in the secret place. It looks like warring. This is your inheritance, right? And so many Christians step back and think, well, I'm just going to be timid. They, they think they're just playing games. But no, this is serious. This is life. And the enemy, he wants to steal the crop. He doesn't want you getting the inheritance. He doesn't want you operating in, in your authority. He doesn't, he doesn't want you walking in the promises of God, in divine health, in all these things that overflow in our lives when we live in authority. And so we're called to step out. Um, can I tell you one last little story? All right. I thought, I think because this will be really practical for people. Um, for myself, you know, I got a prophetic word a couple of years ago and I thought, well, I started to notice there's this gift upon my life. I had no idea about it beforehand. And so, so I'm like, well, I started, um, so I started serving God. I'm thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pursue this. So I'm going to serve God. Uh, I started doing that, increasing in that. I was, I was living, began to tap into these kingdom principles. That's where I really started learning about the kingdom principles and about how to kind of separate yourself from a certain way of living and live God's way. And, and, and we can't ignore those. And then, and as I do that, you know, I realized that there was this teaching gift. But, but see, who knows that, um, what do you have to do if, if you're going to be a teacher? Yeah, you talk. You, you have to speak publicly, right? And what are the two greatest fears in the world for people? Well, for most people, for me as well. It was death and public speaking. And for a lot of people, public speaking's first. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, oh, no. You've put this gift on my life. But all of a sudden, I realize I have to speak publicly in front of people. And, and, and I remember, uh, I think it was the first time I came up and did communion, which was probably a few years back. And imagine this is the microphone. And then I get up and I look at the and I'm like... And I'm thinking, everyone can see me shaking. Like, God, uh, you're all very gracious if you're there. Thank you. All very nice. But the, the whole point was we have to learn to overcome things, and we do that in authority, right? And so I had to get with God in the secret place. I had to begin, um, I had to begin giving this to God because he, he, Holy Spirit wants to disciple this, disciple us through this. Uh, this is serious right now because a lot of us can struggle with fear and intimidation and anxiety and and all these sorts of things. But God wants us to overcome it. And we overcome it by living in our authority. And so, and so that's really important, is that, is that you, you, begin to, um, you begin to get with God and say, Father, show me how to live in my authority. Show me how to live this out, because I want to be an effective steward for your kingdom. I want my life to fulfill my purpose, you, you, the assignment on your life. Um, and so we've got these three keys um, 
which I believe are incredibly important in the, in the, in the days that we're in, in the age that we're living in. Uh, we're not called to be passive sons and daughters. We're called to rise up in our spiritual giftings. We're called to whatever God's gifted in, whatever area you're in, um, whatever place of influence, whatever, you know, whatever mountain you feel that you're called to, um, God's, God's got a purpose for you in that area, but, but you've got to take, you, you've got to you know, begin serving. You know, am, I, am, I, am I serving a certain way? Um, you know, am I serving God? Am, am I beginning to build that heart of servanthood in myself? And then we begin to live kingdom principles, tap into these kingdom principles. We can't ignore them. Like the law of gravity, you can't ignore gravity. God's placed them there for a reason, so that you would be successful and prosperous in your assignment and calling. And then we operate, rise up in your authority. And we can all go to greater levels of that. So wherever you feel like you're at, um, there's always greater levels. Always greater levels. No one's Jesus. Well, no one's acting fully like Jesus yet. Well, I haven't seen anyone. Um, we're called to, we're, we're imitators of Christ. So we're called to rise up in that area. And so take these keys. These are important, I believe, for your life, for wherever you're at, that you begin to, that you begin to be an effective steward for God's kingdom. I mean, this is serious. This is life right now. You, be, you begin to operate in your giftings and anointings. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word which you've placed within us. Thank you that you love us with all your heart and you lovingly want to draw us out. You lovingly want to teach us how to operate in these gifts that you've given to us by the Spirit. You want to uh, disciple us through. You want to lead us in our assignment and our calling because you have a purpose for us on earth. This world is not hopeless. It's full of hope because it has your people in it. And so you've called us to serve. And so we say, yes, God, we serve you. Yes, Father, we, 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 we take these gifts, Holy Spirit, and we give them to you and we say, breathe on them. Breathe life into our giftings. Breathe life, Father, into us. May there be a sense of urgency in your people, Lord, where they catch a hold of this message and they see that 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 the days that we're in is great and glorious because we get to carry the kingdom of God. That we, begin, that we get to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we get to rise up in authority. And we get to see your kingdom ushered in by your people. Thank you, Father, for the gift upon every single person's life. And I speak into that right now. And I declare increase. Increase, increase. I say, rise up. Rise up in your authority. Take a hold of the gift that's been given to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that your word is strong and powerful. And I pray for those, I speak to those right now who have had negative experiences who have been facing trials and challenges and you've been finding it difficult to get fruit in your life, you've been finding it difficult to operate in the, in the, in the gifts of the Spirit, you've been struggling with fear and intimidation, I say that fear has no power, no stronghold over your life and so we speak right now 
the great boldness of the Holy Spirit, the great courage of the Father rising up in you. And this is a word for some people today that the greatest revelation in your life right now is that God is with you, is that His Spirit lives in you. And He would say you don't have to do it in your own strength. It's not in your strength, but it's about you relying on the power of His Spirit within you. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you that you you want to release us into our giftings and into our assignment. And so we say, yes, God. We say, yes, to the gifts. We say, yes, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. 